ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ಪರಮಹಂಸಾಚಿತ್ತೆಯಂಬ್ಧಾನು Om, O Lord, Nama, respectful obeisances, Te, unto you, us too, let there be, Bhagavan, O Supreme Personality Godhead, Narayana, the resort of all living entities, Narayana. Vasudeva, Lord Vasudeva, Shri Krishna, Adipurusha, the original person, Mahapurusha, the most exalted personality, Mahanubhava, the supremely opulent, Paramamangala, the most auspicious, Paramakalyana, the supreme benediction, Paramakarunika, the supremely merciful, Kevala, changeless, Jagat Adhara, the support of the cosmic manifestation, Loka Ekanat, the only proprietor of all the planetary systems. Sarva Ishrada, the Supreme Controller. Lakshmi Natha, the husband of the goddess of fortune. Paramahamsa Parirajakai, by the topmost sannyasis, wandering all over the world. Paramena, by Supreme. Atma Yoga Samadhina, Absorption in Bhakti Yoga. Paribhavita, fully purified. Parisputa, and fully manifested. Paramahamsya Dharmena, by executing the transcendental process of devotional service. 
Udgatita. Pushed open. Tama. Of illusory existence. Kapata. In which the door. Dware. Existing as the entrance. Chitte. In the mind. Apavrite. Without contamination. Atmaloke. In the spiritual world. Swayam. Personally. Upalabdha. Experiencing. Nija. Personal. Sukha Anubhava. Perception of happiness. Bhavan. Your Lordship. Translation. O Supreme Personality of Godhead, O Narayana, O Vasudeva, original person, O most exalted person, supreme experience, welfare personified, O supreme benediction, supremely merciful and changeless, O support of the cosmic manifestation, sole proprietor of all planetary systems, master of everything, and husband of the goddess of fortune. Your lordship is realized by the topmost sannyasis who wander about the world to preach Krishna consciousness, fully absorbed in samadhi through bhakti yoga. Because their minds are concentrated upon you, they can receive the conception of your personality in their fully purified hearts. When the darkness in their hearts is completely eradicated, and you are revealed to them, the transcendental bliss they enjoy is the transcendental form of your Lordship. No one but such persons can realize you. Therefore, we simply offer you our respectful obeisances. Purport. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has numerous transcendental names pertaining to different grades of re revelation, to various grades of devotees and transcendentalists. When he is realized in his impersonal form, he is called the Supreme Brahman. When realized as the Paramatma, he is called Antaryami. And when he expands himself into different forms for material creation, he is called Chirodakashayi Vishnu, Garbhodakashayi Vishnu, and Karanodakashayi Vishnu. When he is realized as Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradumna, and Aniruddha, the chapter Vyuha, who are beyond the three forms of Vishnu. He is, in, he is the Vaikuntha Narayan. Above realization of Narayana is realization of Baladeva, and above that is realization of Krishna. All these realizations are possible when one engages fully in devotional service. The covered core of one's heart is then completely open to receiving and understanding of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his various forms. Om Gana Timirandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militanyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The devatas, the demigods, are chanting the names, attributes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In a previous verse, they already called attention to the process of chanting the holy names. And now, in this verse, they are enumerating those names. As you know, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has said, Nam Nam Akadi Bahuda Nija Shakti. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has countless names, all invested with his transcendental potency. These countless names are chanted in various parts of the universe. And as you hear in today's purport, the Supreme Personality of Godhead has numerous transcendental names pertaining to different grades of revelation to various grades of devotees and transcendentalists. So everything is ultimately personal. And therefore, there are different degrees of a personal relationship. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Yeyata maam prapadjante tamstataiva pajamyaham. As you treat me or want to reciprocate with me, I reciprocate with you. This is the way of personal dealings. And of course, Krishna also explains in Bhagavad Gita, Nam prakasha sarvasya yoga maya samagata. I don't reveal myself to just anyone and everyone. I have my curtain of energy, yoga maya, which blocks the vision of those who are not qualified to see me. Krishna explains that. This is personalism. In chanting the various names and attributes of the Supreme Personality Godhead, we learn so much about Him. And when the glories of the Lord are chanted by qualified persons, not only can the qualified persons have more revealed to them, but also they add prestige to the Supreme Personality Godhead. Because the devotees are qualified, that means the one they're glorifying must definitely be qualified. This is what Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita that actually Arjuna says, it's not only me who says that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but all the topmost sages and rishis of the universe say Otherwise, people might think that, oh, Krishna is Arjuna's friend, therefore Arjuna is glorifying him as Brahma, Brahmdhamma, Bhavitram, Paramam, Bhava. Because Krishna is Arjuna's friend, Arjuna is glorifying Krishna as the ultimate. But, of course, Arjuna adds, it's not only me. But all the greatest sadhus, all the greatest sages are glorifying Krishna. 
So an intelligent person takes that into account. Who are these persons who are glorifying Krishna? What is their caliber? What is their qualification? If they're the greatest, they must know what they're talking about. <laughs> you practice that even in your everyday life. You want to buy some consu consumer product, what do you do? <laughs> you, you try to check the reviews. <laughs> and you have your special websites that you can trust, others you don't know about. You're always wondering, are all the reviews on Amazon, are they really bona fide? Are, <laughs> they're all phony. <laughs> but you want to judge by the opinions of those who are trustworthy. So therefore on some websites, some shopping sites, they'll, they'll have reviews and then they'll have verified purchasers. Well, they bought it, so they must know what they're talking about. You still don't know. <laughs> but the authorities who are glorifying Krishna, they are well known. Well known to whom? Well known to those who understand, who is actually authoritative. I remember on my first trip to Australia, oh, 30 years ago, I was on the plane coming from Malaysia and an Australian man was sitting next to me and he was explaining to me all about Australia from his point of view, which he considered authoritative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you want to understand Australia, you have to go to an Aussie rules match. <laughs> then you'll see what's really going on. <laughs> and he also said, you know, in Australia, we people don't pay attention to politicians. We don't pay attention to the priests. We pay attention to the sports stars. They know. <laughs> so every group of people has their authorities. But of course, in Kali Yuga, no one knows who is a genuine authority. We have to be taught that. We have to be taught who's a genuine authority, and then we need to understand that by taking information from the genuine authority, we can make advancement. Without authorized knowledge, there can be no advancement in human society. Human society without authorized knowledge just becomes a brawl, like an Aussie rules match, <laughs> or American football, or whatever. It just becomes a brawl up and down the field. And people say, this is civilized. Once you have authorized knowledge in your life, then you can start to make advancement. The advancement begins with purification. Purification of the consciousness. Learning how to use your senses properly so that you don't cut your own throat by the activities of your own senses. Therefore, bhakti involves lifestyle adjustments, lifestyle engineering. 
how to shape your lifestyle so that you can get heightened spiritual awareness. So this is why we hear that your lordship is realized by the topmost sannyasis who wander about the world to preach Krishna consciousness, fully absorbed in samadhi through bhakti yoga. Because their minds are concentrated upon you, they can receive the conception of your personality in their fully purified hearts. In other words, because they're qualified, they have realization. So the devatas are not saying this just to puff up the authoritative devotees of the Lord. The, de the demigods, the devatas are recognizing that this is what it takes. Their qualities are what it takes to understand Krishna. Krishna also says in Bhagavad Gita, Namevadu Surgana Prabhavamna Maharshaya, Aham Adhiri Devana. No one understands me, not even the Devatas, because I, I precede them, I come before them. In fact, Krishna is Purana Purusha. You can't trace out his beginning. He's the oldest person without a beginning. He's the only person who has no beginning. Yet he's still a person. So one problem in understanding Krishna is that the material intelligence thinks if the Supreme is all-pervading, that means the Supreme is not a person. We make that intellectual miscalculation. We accept sarvam kalbitam brahma. Everything is the energy the spiritual energy. But we think that Bhagavan cannot be personal because if he does exist, he's spread out everywhere. Therefore, he can't have his own personal form that is beyond mutation, transformation, beyond change. Whereas the Vaishnavas point out that the energies of the Supreme Personality of Godhead can change, but the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself is changeless, not transformed by spreading out his energies. So this, for most persons, is inconceivable. And therefore, they decide that the divine is spread everywhere without personality, without form, without individuality. But as Lord Brahma testifies, Govindam Adi Purusham Dhammahamajami. Lord Brahma, the most intelligent person in the universe, is telling you that I worship Govinda, and he, in his Brahma Samhita prayers, lists all so many of the characteristics of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One thing we may note is that <clears throat> bhakti is a process of uncovering the heart. As the purport tells us, the covered core of one's heart 
is then completely open to receiving an understanding of the Supreme Personality God in his various forms. We explained the other day how it's difficult for many persons to understand that their personal behavior influences what they can understand and what they can perceive. Most persons assume that, well, you see what I see, and I see what you see. It's all democratic in terms of perception. There is no elitist perception. <laughs> Everyone is more or less seeing the same reality, which is mundane. And the behavior has nothing to do with how much you can see, how much you can understand. Behavior is your personal business, <laughs> your personal affair. And it's got nothing to do with your perception or what you can understand. And people like it. The more this view is spread, the more this view is uh, promoted, people feel comfortable. Yeah, we're all just as good as everyone else. Some may be a little bit more saintly, others may be a little less saintly, but you know, it's all, everyone is just dealing with the same reality. <laughs> I remember years ago, probably in the 90s, one of your prime ministers was caught out when he visited New York City for going to lap dancing clubs and emerging at 5 o'clock in the morning from such places. And so the media was on to him. The Aussie media was on to him. Oh, you went to New York and went to those clubs, so-called gentlemen's clubs, <laughs> and you emerged at 5 a.m. And he just said, well, what do you want out of me, you know? I did tell my wife I was, act I acted like a bit of a goose. <laughs> I told her, <laughs> I, <laughs> what do you expect out of me? He said, I'm no Holy Joe. All the people loved it. Yeah, he's no Holy Joe. We're not Holy Joes. Who wants to be a Holy Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be a religious person? You don't have any fun. Okay, so our leader went to New York and did his thing, you know. He told his wife. <laughs> Later he told his wife he got a bit wasted and acted like a goose. But, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's, he's not holding himself on high. He's saying that we're all in the same boat. We're all unholy. But we mean well, but sometimes on weekends we get wasted and we do other things, and yeah, life goes on. <laughs> this is the way it is in Kali Yuga. But then recently, I, just a couple of days ago, I saw in, in the Australian news how they were presenting the evangelicals and Pentecostals as being way over the top. Uh, that they would interview some persons who left that church 
And those persons would say, I just got exhausted trying to follow the rules. <laughs> and then the newspaper would, the media would list some of the rules and they would put it in quotation marks like, isn't this dumb? They would have in quotation marks, no fornication. <laughs> they would have in quotation marks. <laughs> or in our vocabulary, no illicit sex. They would just put it in quotation marks like, isn't this weird? <laughs> you surely can understand that <laughs> these people suffered when following such a religion. <laughs> so that is the mentality of the age of Kelly. <laughs> Everywhere it's like that. In the UK, they were having a big commotion because their prime minister during lockdown in COVID was having parties at the government headquarters. <laughs> All the citizens were locked up in their homes and the prime minister is having drunken parties. <laughs> so again, he presents himself, well, okay, if I... If I broke the law, I should be punished, but don't punish me, don't try to get me out of office. <laughs> and then in New Zealand, the prime minister, she has, she's not married, she has a partner, as they would say these days, and they're living together, and she had a child, and after she had the child, she, announced that she would be engaged, not married, but engaged, still not married to this day, but engaged. And the child's two, two years old, so the prime minister. So the American media was jumping onto this, because you know, America's a Christian country with lots of nuclear weapons. So, <laughs> so they say, what is this? Uh, we heard that you're, you're not married, you have a child, and you're the prime minister? She gave the response, the Kiwi equivalent of what the, what the Aussie prime minister said about, I'm not a holy joke. She gave the Kiwi response. She said, mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way it is. There's no standard of elevated behavior. In fact, if you try for elevated behavior, you're considered strange. <laughs> of course, in India, there's still a special version of how you shouldn't try to be so elevated. You should, of course, live a nice life following some moral principles, but whatever you do, don't sacrifice the money-making. <laughs> that must go on when you're young, when you're middle-aged, and when you're old, too. <laughs> so as long as you're making money, you must be a nice person. This is listed in the 12th canto of Bhagavatam as one of the symptoms of Kali Yuga. You judge a person's character by how much money they have. When we hear Bhagavatam, however, we are impressed by how we're trained up in how to recognize genuine authorities. 
And then our life becomes successful by taking knowledge from genuine authorities. So we already heard the devatas asking us to chant the holy name, and now they are indeed chanting. They're glorifying the Vaikuntha realities. They're not talking about the Goloka varieties. They are speaking of the Supreme Absolute Truth in terms of awe and reverence, opulence, aishvarya, majesty. And that is necessary. If we can't appreciate the aishvarya, the opulence, how can we understand the most intimate realities of the madhurya, the sweetness? So the core of the heart is very important. How covered is it? That's why the Bhagavatam tells us that, and we can always check ourselves in this way. Surely if your, if your heart is not affected by when you chant Hare Krishna, your heart must be encased in steel. And indeed, that is what material life does. It makes you very stone-hearted makes a heart encased in steel. Because otherwise, as soon as we would chant Hare Krishna, our hearts would melt. So sometimes devotees become discouraged. They discourage themselves in, in chanting Hare Krishna because they think, oh, for so long I've been chanting, but my heart hasn't melted. So what's the use? The heart hasn't melted because of offenses in chanting. So what to do then? Give up? No. By engaging in the service of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the offenses can be overcome. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Lila chapter 8, Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami explains that you can't actually make significant spiritual advancement in the age of Kali without taking shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You can't have a complete understanding of the Supreme Absolute Truth. You may get some partial understanding, but to understand fully Narayana in Vaikuntha, Govinda in Goloka Vrindavan, you must take shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And if you take shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if you're doing that appropriately, that means you take shelter of the Pancha Tattva. Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nijanan, Sri Advaita Gadaha, Sri Vasudhi Gaurabhakta Vrindavan. So we have to take the whole package, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Panchatattva, and then we can actually understand Lord Chaitanya and Lord Krishna. So Kaviraja Goswami points out that if you try to understand only Krishna 
without understanding change in the Mahaprabhu, you're actually, and sometimes devotees don't understand this, you're actually demoniac. Wait a minute, demoniac? I'm, I understand, I'm, I'm, I'm a devotee of Krishna just because I don't, I don't consider Lord Chaitanya. How does that make me an asura, demoniac? Is this some kind of fanatical statement? Maybe some of you have wondered about that. If you've read Chaitanya Jaritamrita or heard about it. But you have to understand the context of the statement. If you actually know something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, and you deny his relevance, you have to be demoniac because the mercy of Lord Chaitanya is so unlimited. How could anyone repudiate that? How could anyone, knowing even a little bit about it, can remain aloof from it? That's the point. In other words, you understand that statement by focusing on the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. How could you stay aloof from that? You must be insane. He's giving away Krishna. How could you remain untouched by that? You must have some demoniac attitude. That's the point. If you actually know something of the mercy, the opulence of Lord Chaitanya's mercy, he's giving away Krishna. How could you stay aloof from that? So you might say, well, there are persons who just don't know and therefore they don't pay attention to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But those persons are under the influence of demoniac persons. So sometimes the Shastra just lumps those who are under the influence of others with those others. In other words, no one is innocent in the material world. So to understand Krishna requires understanding Lord Chaitanya. And to understand Lord Chaitanya means understanding Krishna. You can't worship either one separately and ignore the other. So here at the Mahaprabhu Mandir, we're showing the full package, the, the successful way to understand Krishna and become Krishna conscious in this age of Kali. That is through, by approaching Krishna through Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Panchatattva. In this way, our heart can be uncovered. Our heart can start to melt. The more we take shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the more our chanting becomes free of offenses. That's why Chaitanya Charitamrita says, before you chant Hare Krishna, you first chant the Panchatattva Mantra, taking shelter at their lotus feet so that the chanting of Hare Krishna can proceed without offense. So it may seem impossible when will I ever chant in such a way that tears fall from my eyes? Goranga bolite habe, bulakashreya. That is trembling. When will that ever happen? That's a legitimate aspiration. As Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings, when will that day be mine? 
We want our heart to cry out in that way. When will that day be mine? When I can chant in such a way that my heart melts. So how to make that day yours? Serve the mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Approach Krishna in that way. Especially knowing that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. And Krishna is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is the royal road to success. And then we'll understand not only Narayan and Vaikuntha, but we'll understand Krishna and Goloka Vrindavan. All right, any questions? Yes. How do we understand that there is someone without a kidney? How do we understand there is someone without a kidney? And from him, in everything comes, it's very difficult to comprehend with a tiny kidney. You can only understand Anadi Adi Govinda, Sarva Karna Karna. How Krishna Govinda is without beginning. You can only understand that non materially. You have to adopt non-material techniques. Otherwise, your intelligence rejects it. Everything must have a beginning. You just don't know what the beginning is. But if you find a cause, there must be a cause preceding that. But as your consciousness becomes purified, you're willing to, you're able to grasp by spiritual intelligence the possibility of an ultimate cause existing, an ultimate cause that has no prior cause. And he's described fully. So there's so many things about Krishna that are confounding, bewildering to the ordinary intelligence. And Bhagavatam says that. This will be bewildering. Queen Kunti in her prayers, what does she say? Oh, how bewildering is it to, un to know that there is the unborn who takes birth. <laughs> oh, how bewildering it is to know that fear is afraid of Krishna, but Krishna's afraid of Mother Yashoda's stick. How bewildering. <laughs> but as we become more spiritualized, as our intelligence becomes more spiritualized, we become more attuned to the spiritual reality. This is why in the beginning, for most persons, we just ask them to chant Hare Krishna and take prasad. <laughs> Very few persons in this present day of, and age of Kali can grasp such concepts, such philosophical concepts, which seem so non-intuitive. Very few can readily just grasp that right away. So therefore, the more you give them ecstatic prasad, the more they become attracted to hearing about Krishna. Kirtan and prasad. However you do it, make it very delicious. <laughs> if persons are coming to the temple here on Saturday and Sunday and getting very nice prasad, they, then they want to understand Krishna. They've tasted the bhakti in the prasad and they become influenced. But 
just to understand that Krishna is anadi, beginningless, is not the only bewildering concept that they, they're trying to swallow. How is it that everything emanates from Krishna, including the material energy, but Krishna is untouched by the material energy? Everything can be traced back to him. That means the three gunas, the three material modes of nature, but Krishna is never touched by the modes of nature, never under their influence. This is real power. <laughs> this is real glory. But because we're envious, we want to deny the supreme of the full glory. Well, if the material energy comes from you, you must be implicated. We're so attached to our speculations. So therefore the Bhagavatam, page after page, tells us how even though the material energy comes from Krishna, he's untouched by it. Even though he appears in this world, he's unborn. Even though he is the ultimate, he loves to come under the control of his pure devotees. Anything else? Yeah. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. Thank you for the wonderful plan. Everything you hear is wonderful, right? <laughs> you see gold everywhere. Yeah? What should our mood be in what? When we're glorifying or praising the devotee? Devotees do wonderful things and we should always seek to appreciate the wonderful things devotees are doing and show gratitude. And that way the devotional service increases. Just like we can see, your parents are training you very nicely, so we should glorify them, right? <laughs> Judge a tree by the fruit. <laughs> and we hope you continue to be a nice devotee. Are you a teenager yet? Okay, we'll watch for that. <laughs> Anything else? All right, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.